0: Richard Branson says, if you're not making a lot of mistakes and failing, you're going to be mediocre because if you're not making mistakes and failing, you're doing what you did yesterday.
1: Hi I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the School for Human Transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit and work.
0: Boom! That's the sound of my friend Trisha slamming into a glass door. Why would she do that? She's in the kitchen, she's making drinks, and she's setting the table on the deck, and I'm sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, boom, she goes right into the door. Well, it was clean, it was sparkly, and she believed that it was open. So how do our beliefs keep us from having the lives we dream of. That's what we're going to talk about today. So today we are going to learn how our beliefs keep us from having the lives we want. We're going to learn how to eliminate a belief. We are going to eliminate a belief, at least one. And I'm going to teach you how to get rid of negative emotions in the moment. And when I say negative emotions, for those of you enlightened beings who are going, well, there is no negative emotions. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like being sad, angry, pissed off, depressed, not a fun thing to be. So I am going to teach you how. If you want to stay angry and sad and pissed off, that's fine. I welcome you to do that but I'm going to give you a tool that's going to keep you from doing it. Okay, sound good? I'm also going to take you into a special state that we call an altered state of consciousness. It won't be one of those where you, I mean, it may be, I don't know, leave the planet, but it will be something that if you really learn how to do, and I'm going to teach you how to do it, you will be able to do it in the mornings and start your day from that place. And it's a very powerful way to live. So how exciting does this sound? Okay. Now we all want to change something in our lives. So many of us now, I want to qualify this by saying, I know this is mind Valley university and you're all very evolved beings. I know this. However, I also know that many of you would like to have a meditation practice and you keep promising, I'm going to meditate. And you get up in the morning and you say, that's it. Tomorrow I'm going to start meditating. And the alarm goes off and you press snooze. Anybody? Okay, good. Exercise. So many of us say, I promise I'm going to start exercising regularly. I am going to go to the gym. I signed up. January 1st, that's it. And here's my experience of the parking lot at the gym in January and the parking lot at the gym in February. I'm telling you, I go to the gym, and January, every machine is full, every class is full, and February, us regulars are going, thank God, it's February. We all have learned, again, especially in this group, that eating healthily is important. We feel better, it's gonna help our longevity, and yet we still choose mac and cheese over a salad, and we still continue to eat even when we're full. Yes, yes? So everybody has things in their lives that they wanna change. So whether you procrastinate, whether you beat yourself up if you make a mistake, whether you don't stand up for yourself, whether you're in a relationship that doesn't work, I contend that there are beliefs underlying all of these behaviors. And I don't know how many of you saw my talk on Friday. How many of you did see my talk on Friday? Awesome. Thank you. So our beliefs, as you now know, keep us from making the changes we want to make. So in the journal psychology and psychotherapy, they talk about the number of people that try to make change every year and fail. So I'm not a good lecturer. I get very tired of the sound of my voice. (laughs) So I like participation. So give me a number, how many people try to change every year and fail? 80%, 90, 95, 92. So according to the Journal of Psychology and Psychotherapy, 92% of people try to change and fail. Because every time you're trying to change and you fail, you're struggling against a belief. Now, our beliefs seem so real to us that we don't even question them. So how many people remember, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many people remember putting out milk and cookies for Santa Claus when you were little? Okay. It never occurs to you how ridiculous it is that on Christmas morning, A fat guy in a red suit is going to come down your chimney with presents on Christmas morning and then fly off on a mythical creature into the sky. We believe it. So our behavior follows our beliefs. If you believe that there's a Santa Claus, you're going to put out milk and cookies. Once that belief goes away and you no longer believe there is a Santa Claus, do you still put out milk and cookies? No. Now, do you need willpower to change your behavior and stop putting out cookies and milk? Do you need your parents to support you or your friends? No. Do you need a 12-step program to not put the milk and cookies out? You're a tough crowd. That usually gets a laugh. (laughs) You don't need a 12-step program to stop putting out the milk and cookies because behavior follows beliefs. So let's look at this. If you have a belief that dogs are dangerous and a dog comes into the room, are you going to pet it? No. If you got rid of that belief and you had the belief, dogs are so much fun and a pit bull comes into the room, Might you pet it? You may not, but you may. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's a difference between what you know and what you believe. You have to be living under a rock today to not have read that mistakes and failures are not bad. Every business book starts off by talking about that. So if your boss calls you in, as one of my client's bosses did, and says, you have to be more innovative, you've got to take more risks... But you have the belief, mistakes and failures are bad. Are you gonna be able to do it? Come on guys, thank you. Someday you'll be up here and you will know what it is to not get participation. It is not fun. I just did it with the teens. One of them was like this. I was like, no eye rolling in my workshops. Sorry. So, if you believe mistakes and failures are bad, you cannot be innovative. Even if you know you're going to get fired, even if you know that you must. If you live in today's world and you're not innovative, can you be successful? Really successful? No. Richard Branson says if you're not making a lot of mistakes and failing, you're going to be mediocre because if you're not making mistakes and failing, you're doing what you did yesterday. Guess what? Does Richard Branson have failures? Absolutely. Is he successful? Absolutely. So the same thing is true with, if you're in a relationship and you say, I want to get out of this relationship, it's a terrible, like I talked about on, Friday. This person doesn't love me. They're not loving towards me. They're not respectful towards me. And you have the belief, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. No one would want me. You getting out of a relationship? No, because you will believe what? Who's going to want me? What if we could discover the beliefs that are holding us back and get rid of them? Can you see the possibility of doing this. It will free you up like nothing you've ever done before. And I thought long and hard about what I was going to do with you. I could tell stories. I can inspire you. I can dazzle you. I can give you so much information about beliefs and what beliefs cause what behavior. And you'll walk out of here going, oh my God, that was amazing. I love that. Now, has anybody had that experience of taking a workshop really learning great things and walking out of here. And three weeks later, where are the notes from the workshop? Shout it out in a drawer. That is my experience. And it isn't that speakers aren't amazing. It isn't that they don't have fabulous information to impart to you. It is that. We cannot act inconsistently with our beliefs. So the information inside a certain context is useless. You'll try, you'll use willpower, you'll go to support groups, you'll get motivated, you'll walk out all rah-rah. You know, I call it, glaze them up, sparkle them and send them out the door. So I decided, what would I do with you that would make a difference? And here's what I decided. I would not do this, and this is really true, and it may not always be true, but mine valley people, you know, I read Vision's post yesterday about growth, and I thought it was brilliant. It's not about the end result, it's not about getting to the finish line, it's not about being successful, and all those things are important. What it's about is growing as a human being, is creating possibilities in your life. When I was 65 years old, 20 minutes ago, <laughs> I gave my age away. For my 65th birthday, my daughter lives in Hawaii, as I may have mentioned. I went skydiving. And now every time the little voice in my head says, oh, you can't do that. I go, really?
1: <laughs> really? I can't
0: do that? Jelly, you jumped out of a plane. So it's always about growth. It's about pushing yourself. I used to tell my kids, life is like a yardstick, and most people live somewhere in the first two feet, 11 and three quarter inches. What life is about is that last quarter of an inch. Anybody ever have that moment where you're playing in the last quarter of an inch It's really about a lot of what Visions shares are about if you follow him. It's that, I did this thing. I went to a new state of consciousness, or I hooked my brain up to some God knows what. It's like, he's in life. I was just with the teenagers. Remember, I said, no eye rolling in my workshop. And I've seen how some of them are already shut down. And one girl said to me, yeah, I don't care about anything. And I said, that's really sad, honey. I said, if you don't care, you won't get hurt. I said, but if you don't care, you also won't live a life. So I invite you today to play full out. Now I'm gonna prepare you. I'm gonna ask for a volunteer to do this process, which I'm gonna explain in a couple minutes. So start looking at, and I'm gonna have very specific criteria. I would love it more than life itself. If you guys would come down here, you don't have to, but it's so blinding when I look at you up there that I forget what I'm saying. And I love the intimacy of being able to look at you while we're working because I can read what's happening. I won't single anybody out at all, but I really do invite you to come down and come close and for everybody to come as close as you can. I'm a intimate girl. So this is an opportunity to go deep, but not go deep in a way where I'm gonna leave you like an open wound. I'm gonna leave you having eliminated a belief. So remember all the patterns that I talked about at the beginning, whether it's relationship issues, whether it's health and wellness, whether it's self-esteem, whether it's speaking up for yourself, whether it's standing up for yourself, showing your peacock feathers. This is your life, guys. I don't know about past lives. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I do know that you come into this life with this body one time and you got from here to here and you can make it awesome or not. So underlying every pattern or problem are the beliefs that cause it. As you get rid of the belief, you see changes in the pattern. I'm not going to talk you out of your beliefs or tell you why they're not true or any of that stuff. And one thing about me is I'm very not woo-woo because I'm from New York. So what I do is generally very practical. Woo-woo is great. I love woo-woo. That's not my teaching. Okay. So I never talk about who I am cause I think it's boring, but who I am is that the past 30 years I've been helping people to quickly and permanently rid themselves of the beliefs that cause them to be stuck. Now I want to tell you what I mean when I say belief. Okay. So a belief is a statement about reality that you believe is the truth. So it's like being pregnant. You either is or you ain't. That's what a belief is, okay? What we're going to do in a little while is we're going to talk about, I'm going to set you up for the process. I'm going to ask for a volunteer and I will make it very specific what I want. I'm going to do a demo, which most people love. And then I'm going to walk you through the steps of the process. So you will both learn how to do it I will actually gift you the process. So let me tell you something. So of course I do this and I charge money because this is how I make a living doing this. But my husband, who was one of the most genuine people who actually wanted to make a difference in the world. And we would have staff meetings and he would say, well, just put it on the internet. And we would all go, what do you mean put it on the internet? You can't just give it to people. He said, of course you can. I want everybody to have it. You have to learn how to say, what's my pattern and get specific. You have to learn how to get all the beliefs underneath. But if you could take this process and use it and do it, that's all he wanted. For those of you who don't know, he passed three and a half years ago. And we honor his memory and what he lived for because his ultimate vision was to have people standing on a Stairmaster and somebody crying, which happened to me. And I said to her, Do you just want me to listen or would you like me to help? 20 minutes later, she had eliminated a belief and her whole face lit up. And I went home and told my husband, and he said, That is my dream. So we are going to start with anybody have any questions before we start? Anything burning that I can handle? Okay. So we're going to start with your big issue. We're going to look at the belief discovery process, and then we're going to do the belief elimination process. So here's what I want you to look at. Your big issue, okay? Now, everybody, I don't care who you are, has something in your life that you want to change. Yes? Good. So I want you to write down what three big things in your life that you keep meaning to take care of, but somehow don't get around to. And I will tell you something right now. I'm honored, truly honored to be here. It is a privilege to be here. And I don't just say that tritely. This is why I get out of bed in the morning. This is what helped me get through my husband's death that I get out and do what I love. If you're here and you're going to just listen, it will be the most colossal waste of your precious time. So if that's your intention, this is not the place. If you really want to do this and go for it, do it. So I'm going to ask you to write down three things. And if you don't have three, that's fine. Three big things that you'd like to change in your life. So it could be business or personal. It could be for some, it's writing a book. For some, it's starting a business. For somebody, it might be cleaning out the garage. It might be working to repair a damaged relationship. Might be something related to your health. Might be speaking up for yourself. Dancing like nobody's watching. Doing something you've always promised yourself you were going to do and never do. Now, I want you to just pick one, decide which one you're going to work on. You could circle it. Now, this is important. I want you to define one concrete, visible action related to this issue. So put in time and a place where you could do it. So in other words, if you say, I want to start exercising, that's not good. You want to go to the gym on Monday and do one hour of aerobics. I want to write an outline for a book or come up with a book title, or I want to go on a dating app. I want to go on match.com by Thursday. So is everybody clear about what I'm asking? And the reason that we have to define a specific goal is because without that, it's going to be very hard to do the next steps. We have to look at what is in the way of us getting to that big goal, the big issue. And so this is a way to start uncovering the beliefs. So instead of saying, eat healthily, you might say, add vegetables to my dinner at least three nights next week. So everybody do that. Okay, does everybody have a specific thing? under your big issue. Yes? Okay, good. So now we've identified three big issues. We've decided on one to work on and define one concrete action, including a time and a place. Now we're going to talk about the belief discovery process. Now, it's a way to find the beliefs that are in the way of you doing what you want to do. Why do we need to do that? Because if we don't do that, we can't uncover the beliefs. If we can't uncover the beliefs, we can't get to them. Now, in our training, we teach five ways to discover your beliefs. I'm going to teach you one. It's called judgment into beliefs. So I want you to imagine setting out to take this action. So I want you to really imagine. It's Tuesday. It's time to call agents for your book. You swore you're going to do this. You just wrote it down. What thoughts and feelings do you have when you think about doing it? Then imagine failing. What would you say to yourself if you failed, if it didn't happen? No agent. Agents kept saying no one after another or you kept oversleeping and not going to the gym or meditating. What would you feel about yourself? What would you think other people would say about you? What would the judgments be? And then I want you to generate those. And if you're sitting with your hands crossed and you're not writing down, I would love it if you would write it down because it's really hard to just keep all this in your head. So then I want you to generate beliefs using those judgments. And here are the words I want you to say. Now I'm going to tell you something. There's a difference between what you know. I want everybody to listen. This is very important. There's a difference between what you know and what you believe. I have worked with five Harvard PhDs who have the belief I'm stupid. They know they're not stupid. They went to Harvard but they say things like, oh, I conned my way through Harvard. Really? You conned your way through Harvard? They believe that. So it's very, very, very important to be honest with yourself. And the words I want you to use are, I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm stupid. I'm inadequate. I'm a loser. I don't have what it takes. And just write down a few of those. And if you say to yourself, and this is also important, when I talk to what I call smart rats, smart rats are people who've done a lot of work on themselves, I shouldn't have these beliefs. I've done so much. I've done this one and that one. I shouldn't have these beliefs. In my experience, a lot of people teach you how to build a very strong building called John or Sahil or Kieran a lot of people built very strong buildings. You learned how to cope with problems. But two things I want to say to you. One is you did it on shaky foundation because very few people know how to eliminate beliefs. Listen, when we started doing this 30 years ago, people would say, what do you do? And I'd say, well, I help people eliminate the beliefs that keep them from moving forward in life. And they would say to me, what do you mean beliefs? You mean like a religious belief? People had no idea what I was talking about. Today, everybody's on the bandwagon. Everybody's talking about beliefs because everybody knows you can't change behavior without changing beliefs. And I haven't seen too many things that actually eliminate them. So even if you're sitting there saying, I shouldn't have these beliefs, I know they're not true, I did some altered states and blah, 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 I'm going to show you how in a minute to see that they are true. So if you're afraid of failing or being rejected and you fail or are rejected, what might you say to yourself? So everybody has at least two or three beliefs. Does anybody not? I'm not. So we have beliefs about money, people, life, the world. Money's scarce and hard to get. People can't be trusted. I'll never get what I want. Life is not fair. We have lots of beliefs, but today we're gonna work on self-esteem beliefs and I'm gonna tell you why. So imagine you want to write a book or anybody gives me one, somebody shout out one. I wanna update my website. When I think about doing it, I feel frozen. What do you feel when you think about doing it? All about, is it worth it? okay. Thank you. So those are all her judgments. Now I would say, what do you believe? Which one of those are beliefs? So what I heard was I'm not creative. What do you believe that would have you feel that even though something's hard, you can't learn it? What's underneath that? I'm not good enough now just a secret call in. So that's the number one beliefs that people have. I work with people in every country around the world from Uganda to New Zealand and in virtually every first session that I'm not good enough comes up. So here's how we're going to find your beliefs. Okay. I want you to answer the question to yourself, what makes me good enough is, answer that question, what makes me good enough is, somebody shout out, being vulnerable, okay, what's another, what makes me good enough is, I'm resilient, that was my husband's and how this process came to be, (laughs) I'm somebody who overcomes obstacles, what else, another one, I'm determined. What makes me good enough is being determined, resourceful. So these are very enlightened answers. What I usually get is being successful, being a good father, pleasing people. Now, how many of you, be honest, said, nothing, I just am? Okay. So in my experience of, again, 30 years, I used to do it six hours a day. Now I don't, (laughs) three or four. Very, 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 very rarely does that happen. Nothing, I just am. That's the answer. If you really believe you're good enough, you would say nothing, I just am. Now, I don't care if you're wealthy and successful. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands, ask yourself this question. When you're in a room full of very successful, wealthy people, do you feel just as good or just as important as them. No, if you believed I am good enough and I am important, you would feel good enough no matter who was in a room. I once asked that to my daughter. I asked her that question and she looked at me and she goes, why wouldn't I feel comfortable because she was raised from the day she was born to know that she's good enough the way she is. So one of our niches is fear of public speaking. We have a, It's a gimmick. We get rid of it in four sessions or you get your money back. And I asked my daughter, would you ever have a fear of public speaking? And she said, what? And I said, would you ever be afraid to speak in public? She kept looking at me. I said, if there were a thousand people, would you be afraid? She said, will they have weapons? Like, why would I be afraid? Because people aren't afraid to speak in public. Their beliefs make them afraid. Remember on Friday, I said, when I had the belief what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me, I would be sitting there and going, do I look okay, do I have lipstick on my teeth? She didn't smile at me, I just looked at her, she didn't smile at me. She's just not having a good time. It's that, that's the conversation. And when the beliefs go away, the conversation stops.
1: If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining Mind Valley All Access. Now you can sign up to Mind Valley All Access and unlock every Mind Valley program instantly. Get access to transformation from all of the world's best minds in everything from parenting to biohacking to mind, body, spirit, entrepreneurship, work productivity. Learn from the likes of Ben Greenfield, Jim Quick, Shafali Sabari, Stephen Kotler, and more all available to you for less than $2 a day. Simply visit mindvalley.com forward slash now. That's mindvalley.com forward slash N-O-W. And you'll be surprised to see that Mindvalley All Access now comes with advanced technologies to completely transform your learning, your networks, and your human connections, including our new private social network for students, Connections by Mindvalley, And our altered state inducement app, Ombana, which complements our regular training with altered state methodologies to transform you at a subconscious level. Check it all out on mindvalley.com forward slash NOW. Mindvalley.com forward slash now.
0: So, I want to talk about the Lefko method for a second. The thing about the Lefko method, my husband and I created this, he mostly created it 30 years ago. I helped, but it was his genius. And what we don't do is try to talk you out of your beliefs. We do not tell you that you were wrong to have them. In fact, we validate your feelings by saying anybody in that situation would have formed the same belief you did. So you weren't stupid to form it. It made total sense, but we're going to transform your belief from the truth to a truth before it disappears. So now we've talked about the belief discovery process. It helps us start things and finish them. So when you get rid of beliefs, you will learn how to start and finish things. I am going to do a demo with somebody. My request is something that I call sacred space. Hi, darling.
2: Hi. It's really bright here. I can understand that. It's very
0: bright up here. So we're going to kind of sit knee to knee and you're going to look at me and you're going to totally forget that they're here. So for the next few minutes, I am going to not be paying attention to you. So tell me your name. Olga. Olga. So I'm going to be with Olga. And you'll probably kind of see me go into, not like a trance or anything, but I'm just like, hold your questions after the demo. I will take questions. So what is the pattern? Will you share the pattern that you're working on? I
2: would say procrastination about becoming powerful in more specific context. In the last two years, I feel I'm calling it like being pregnant like an elephant for the two years and not getting this baby out was my business idea that I want to phase out out of my corporate career, doing financial literacy to kids through the parents. Awesome. That I believe, I truly believe is needed because I have my own boys and I've been having issues with implementing that, being in the finance myself over a decade. Beautiful.
0: So did you come up with a belief that you want to work on?
2: The procrastination kind of part? Yes. I think I'm, I'm afraid.
0: That's not a belief. So I'm afraid is an emotion. So what do you believe when you think about doing this? What's the thought that comes to your mind that stops you?
2: I'm not going to succeed. I'm not trusted in this space.
0: What's your native language? Russian. Russian. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to do two things and I'm going to ask you all to do this later. So I want you to say the beliefs in English. I'm not good enough out loud.
2: I'm not good enough. Now say it in Russian. I don't know to because English has been kind of my thought language at this point. So do you yeah. feel in English? Yeah, I think I would feel in English at this point. Okay. Yeah.
0: Say I'm a monkey.
2: I am a monkey. I was born in the year of a monkey. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm truly a monkey. That's a first. <laughs> okay. When you say I'm a monkey, how does that feel? Light and joyful. Silly. When you say, I'm not good enough, how does it feel when you say that? Real. Yeah. And does it feel good or bad to say?
2: It tightens me up. Yeah.
0: So the first way, you know, you have a belief is it doesn't feel good when you say it because I'm not good enough is just words. Yes. Yes. Good. So we're going to go back in time to the earliest memories of your childhood mom and dad specifically. And we're going to look at where might you have gotten the idea that you're not good enough? You want me to come to a specific age or... Just um, as young as possible. Probably
2: second grade. My parents, mostly my mom, she was a teacher. She also happened to teach some of the years in the school I was in. That was... I'm still trying to convey to her that was the worst experience in my life, and I wish it would never happen, and she feels pretty offended by that. But I felt always the standards being higher for me than everybody else because she was a teacher. She didn't want to have a shadow that she, by any way or means,
0: Oh, well, let's not me. go there yet. We're yeah. going to go there in a minute. But what happened? So, how did you know that you had to live up to expectations?
2: I think after the first grade, like, they said, okay, you now know how to read and write. Now you are, you know, study. If you have any questions, you just come to us. Otherwise, we expect you to
0: have A's because that's what
2: is expected in our family, good education. You have to put the effort in.
0: And when you didn't get an A, what happened?
2: Disappointment, like big disappointment. How did you know she was disappointed or they were disappointed? It was talked. She was upset. The motivation was tied to my performance a lot. I grew up in Soviet Union. Nice things were tied to that. If I would get my semester, it was all A's. I would get a certain thing.
0: So when you were little, if you didn't listen or spilled things or dropped things or didn't do as you were told, what would she say or do? What would Dad say or do? I think it was guilting
2: mostly. And what would that sound like? Let's say I broke a cup. I was like, you have to be careful. I really like this cup. We can just keep dropping the dishes. Sometimes there were periods of silence when I was older, like if I would do something they didn't like and I would not apologize because I truly believed it was not my fault or I shouldn't be. It was more like isolation, I would say. Well, you take time to think about it come tell me what you think about it after you download the thinking process.
0: Did she ever say or imply that she was disappointed in you? Yes. So I want to show you something. So you come into this world and you don't know if you're good enough or not good enough. And every time you don't live up to a certain standard or expectation, she's disappointed. She's angry. Were you ever punished as a kid?
2: Not really. The physical punishment was not there. It was more... Not physical. No. Sent
0: to your room or any punishment like that. Doesn't matter. I think mental is more. Doesn't matter. Was, yeah. You got isolated. Yeah. Now, when a child gets isolated, left alone, withdrawn from, they generally feel, there must be something wrong with me if my mother's taking herself away or my father's taking himself away. And if I can't live up to their expectations, I must not be good enough. Children ask, why? Why can't I live up to my parents' expectations? Well, I guess I'm not good enough. So it made total sense for you to conclude that. Now, we're gonna play a game and the game is called Valid Interpretations. And we're gonna make believe that we're watching a videotape of your childhood, Olga. And what we see is you don't get an A, and she gets disappointed, you break a cup. She says, oh, that's my favorite cup. You don't do as you're told, and she isolates you. And we say, well, one interpretation is you're not good enough. What's another interpretation that you couldn't see at the time that you could see now that would explain the fact that you didn't always live up to their expectations? You mean the other view of the situation? Mm from my adult point of view, from an adult's point of view, looking at the same events that they loved me. They wanted me to succeed. So one interpretation is they loved you and they wanted you to succeed and they didn't have very good parenting skills Definitely. in Russia. They don't teach you how to empower your children. They don't even do it here. Well, not here in Croatia, but in the States, is that a valid interpretation? Yes. Good. What's another? what else could it mean that you didn't live up to their expectations? They had their own standard. Good. Now, did your parents excel at everything? No, no, nobody excels at everything. They expect children to get straight A's or sit still in a restaurant or not break things. So parents have unrealistic expectations of children. Is that a valid interpretation? Yes. Excellent. Can you give me one more? You're doing great. You said about being a teacher. Why did she want you to do better? It was a pride
2: opinion of her as the parent or person or teacher.
0: So it was her her lack of self-esteem that you represented her as a teacher and therefore you should be able to get straight A's and do everything right. So it was her insecurities that had her worrying about what other people think and all of that. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, this is silly, but it's a very important part of our process. Even if your parents thought you weren't good enough, even if that were true, that doesn't mean you're not good enough because you would have been good enough in my house because we don't judge good enoughness by grades. We don't judge who you are is more important than what you do and who you are is good enough. You're warm and loving and you know, you're a full, whole human being. So in that house, maybe you weren't good enough. Doesn't mean you wouldn't be good enough today or in my house. And maybe it was true as a kid. It doesn't have to be true as an adult. Are those all valid interpretations? Yes. Awesome. So if there are other valid interpretations, Is what you said, I'm not good enough, the truth, or is it simply one valid interpretation? Interpretation? It's one interpretation. Now, this is why beliefs stay with us through 20 years of therapy, okay? Doesn't it seem like, as a child, you saw, I'm not good enough? Like if we were watching a videotape of your childhood, you could point to, see, I'm not good enough. I
2: think as a child, it was more the opposite way. I was striving for perfection and then striving for validation from them that I made it perfectly, that it was good enough for them. Like, you know, it was
0: right. Good. But the times that it wasn't, the times she was guilting you or isolating you, wouldn't it seem like you could see I'm not good enough? Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the question. Did you ever see I'm not good enough? See for myself? You see it in the world. Like if we filmed your entire life, your childhood, would there be a time where you'd say, see, I told you I'm not good enough? Yes. Yes. Now I want you to remember what you're thinking right now. But every client in the world says, yes. Can you see my dress? Yes. Does it have a color? It's red. Shape? Yes. And location? Yes. Anything you can see, Olga, has a color, shape, and location. Yes? Yes. Good. Did you ever see, I'm not good enough? Tell me what you're thinking. What are you looking at right now? It's like a
2: gray zone. It's like something I wanted to escape. Yeah, close
0: But what, when I said to you, did you ever see I'm not good enough, what were you looking at when you said yes? What were you thinking about? So on annual basis, I would have all
2: As, but on semesters, I would have occasional like A minuses or Bs, and that would be like, well, you have to do all the As all the
0: time. So here's what I see on the videotape. You getting all As, and then getting A minuses and Bs, and then them saying what they say to you.
2: Yes, uh, that should be better.
0: You should be better. I can see that, I could see them saying that to you. So that's seeable. Where was, I could see you breaking a mug and mom saying, I love that mug. I could see her withdrawing, taking herself away, isolating, well, you can't say isolating, but you could see her leaving you alone. Probably not because of a mark, but yeah. You could mm-hmm. see her disappointment on her face? Yes. Yes. Where was I'm not good enough? Did you see I'm not good enough? I did. I was on her face. No, I like, can see her face. Yeah. I can see her disappointment, but I can't see that you're not good enough. But for me, she was the reflection of I understand. Myself. That's why I'm busy all day. <laughs> I totally understand, but can you get that you see one person, your mother, albeit the most important person in your life, not giving you validation and giving you crap because you didn't get an A? That's seeable, right? Yes. yes. Good. Where was I'm not good enough? Is it out here to be seen? No. So if it wasn't out here to be seen, where was it? Inside. In your gallbladder? my brain, my brain. So the only place I'm not good enough ever existed was in your mind. You made that up. They concluded. Yes. Yes. You concluded. Very good. (laughs) Good. You see her face. Okay. Now you got that, right? I'm going to make a distinction. It's the most powerful distinction. Everyone in this room will ever hear consequences versus meaning. So the consequences of your parents' behavior where you want to cry you felt like you couldn't live up to their expectations and you felt unloved and you felt like you were not good enough. I'm not minimizing consequences. I'm going to ask you a question and I don't want you to answer it. Okay. What does it really mean that when you were little, you didn't always live up to your parents' expectations and mom was disappointed and you didn't always get A's, what meaning does that have? Don't answer. Now, If you're in a room and somebody you know comes in and doesn't speak to you, what might you automatically think? Anything. Just make something up. It doesn't matter what you say.
2: I'm invisible. I'm, I'm invisible.
0: Yeah. Where did that meaning just come from? Maybe from my dad's side. He nope. <sighs> nope. <laughs> eh. <laughs> Where did the meaning come from? I said, if somebody comes into a room and doesn't speak to you, what do you think my mind, my mind, all meaning comes from your mind. Yes. Yes. If meaning comes from your mind, do events have inherent meaning? Do events have meaning before you give them meaning? No, no. So If a baby is born or people get married, that doesn't mean they're going to live happily ever after. It doesn't mean they love each other. Events have no meaning. Another way of saying that is you don't know anything for sure because something happened. Correct. We're almost done. So what does it mean that you didn't get straight A's and didn't always live up to your parents' expectations and she got guilty and man and all that? What meaning does it have? What do I know for sure about you because that happened? Of me? Of the meaning of Any. What What do I know for sure because all those events happened? She guilted you. You didn't get all A's. You didn't always live up to expectations. She was disappointed. What meaning does that have? Where are you looking for the meaning? I'm now looking at adult self. Like, but you're looking in your mind, mind, what does it mean? Hmm, it could mean this, it could mean that. What is it? You're having a conversation in your head. If the meaning is in here, do the events have any meaning? Does the fact that you didn't get all A's mean you're not gonna grow up to be president? Does it? No. No. Does it mean you're not gonna have a great life? No. Does it mean you're not smart? No. Does it mean anything? What are you thinking? It means a lot for me. (laughs) What does it mean? Here's the events. What meaning is in the events? That I have to be perfect. In order to be loved. Yes. That's a whole nother belief, which we're not going to do right now. But you see, that's another belief. I have to be perfect in order to be loved. But can you get that that meaning, that belief is in your mind?
2: Yes, Good. totally.
0: Do the events themselves have any meaning? No. No. I don't know if you have to be perfect. I don't know... All of that is made up, but because you didn't live up to your parents' expectations, does not mean anything. Yes. Good. Not that it doesn't matter. It's no big deal or who cares anyway. I'm not blowing it off. It just has no meaning. Now, doesn't it seem like those events made you feel not good enough? Definitely. Definitely. Can events that have no meaning make you feel anything? No. So if you're walking down the street and a man walks past you and it has no meaning, what are you going to feel? Nothing. Nothing. If you give it the meaning, he's dangerous, what are you going to feel? Scary. If you give it the meaning, he'll protect me, what are you going to feel? Open. Safe, right? Safe, yeah. So can events that have no meaning make you feel anything? No. So what made you feel not good enough? If it wasn't the events, what was it? The feeling. The feeling. No. What caused the feeling? See, we all think events cause feelings. You're going to learn later events never cause feelings. What causes your feelings? My interpretation. Yes. The meaning you give the events caused your feelings. Close your eyes. I want you to imagine Auntie Shelley is there and I say to you, Olga, your parents have ridiculous expectations. They don't excel at everything. You think your mother never dropped a mug? Of course she did. She didn't get all A's in school all the time. And if you said, oh, I see Auntie Shelley, I'm good enough. My mother has unrealistic expectations. And as you're giving the same events that meaning, do you feel not good enough? No. No. And if you didn't then, would you today? If you didn't feel not good enough as a kid, would you feel not good enough today? No. No. Take a deep breath. Say, I'm not good enough. I have a resistance now. (laughs) Yeah, say it anyway.
2: I'm not good enough.
0: Does it feel the same or different? Different. Does it feel flat? 100%? 100% different. (laughs) Yeah. Say, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Does that feel anything? Just less care. But does it feel true? Does it feel loaded? Do the words feel bad to say? No. Good. Open your eyes. How was that? It was great. You want to cry because you've been carrying that one for a long time, huh? I've been working on this, but it seems not not leaving me yet. <laughs> yeah, How about now? Tell the truth. I want it gone 100%, like never coming back, ever. Did you ever see that you weren't good enough out in the world? Did you ever see that? No. No. So where did the belief come from? My head. You made it up. Yeah. Now say, I'm not good enough. I'm good enough. (laughs) Say, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. You feel the difference? Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. So here's, I'm not good enough. That belief goes away, but I have a belief. I have to be perfect in order to get love. That's another belief. So we have to get rid of that one, get rid of that one but each one goes away in and of itself. So it's like, I use the metaphor, if I have a desk and I have a lot of things on my desk, I take away things on the right side of the desk and the desk is clean over here. But I got to get everything off the desk if I want to really clean. So the pattern that we have, procrastination is the desk and you get all these little beliefs off and the desk is clean. And then you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to worry about it. So there's two pieces to this. The first part is the belief part where you get, I never saw the belief and then the belief goes away. And the second part is what I'm gonna teach you this afternoon, how to use in an everyday situation to get rid of emotions in the moment.